0: Welcome to Family Life Today, brought to you with the compliments of this station and Power to Change. We're always encouraged to receive your feedback and comments on the program, but I'll tell you how you can do that at the conclusion. But now, here are your Family Life Today presenters, Dave and Ann Wilson.
1: Have you had very many nights where you just can't sleep because you're worrying or you're anxious
2: about something? Yes. Yes. What? Oh, my goodness.
1: Wait, what?
2: What do you mean? You, you're laying right there beside you me.
1: You ever <laughs> worry. I feel like you're always on. You <laughs> know, totally you're sleeping well, all the time. I mean,
2: typically I sleep pretty good, but you know I've told you, like, when the boys were little, how many nights. What?
1: Wait, what?
2: Come on. You know this.
1: Well, when I say this,
2: you're going to go, "Oh yeah, you've told me this." What? Um, how many nights did I lay in bed worrying about college tuition? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you.
1: I. That's true.
2: I I worry about relationships,
1: and you worry about money. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true.
2: I mean, I mean, when they were five years old, and then six, like, how are we going to pay even the mortgage? And you know, starting a church that we didn't know if anybody would show up, and. Fear Mm -hmm. anxiety. Mm -hmm. I'd love to sit here and say, I'm such a man of God, I never worried, but I I wish
1: we would have talked about that more then.
2: We did. Did we? But I was really good with my fear and anxiety. I just kept it to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that what you're supposed to do? That does wonders for you.
1: I didn't know it was reciprocal. <laughs> You're like, I thought I was the only one exactly. with the problem. <laughs> Come on, I know that. That would
2: have made us closer. You know, I, don't, we... I don't know what just happened, but we've got two <laughs> sisters in the studio with us. Uh, Kristen and Bethany are back on Family Life today for another program. Welcome back. Yay.
3: Thank you so much. Uh,
1: what, what
2: just did happen there? I know we're going to talk about your book, <laughs> Not Part of the Plan, and how you know our plan often doesn't match up with God. But something erupted there when you talked about, while well, we don't share our anxiety with others have you been there Mm -hmm. i mean i mean women share everything right
3: well i feel like there are so many things where one you might feel like this isn't i shouldn't be worrying about this i shouldn't be fearful of this and so you just feel like i'll keep it to myself or it's just it's hard to be vulnerable you Mm -hmm. know it's hard to be open and say Mm -hmm. like honestly this is a struggle for me this is a problem for me i mean i know in the the very first conversation we had here, I was sharing about that wedding dress and how it hung in the back of my closet. And I will tell you. Hey, that, by the
2: way, if you missed that one, you got to go, go back and hear this story. It's pretty epic.
3: But that dress like kind of started to haunt me. And <laughs> yes. I started to have a lot of worry and fear. And I remember and shame,
1: I'm guessing. Oh, yeah.
3: Shame and just feeling like. And I remember there was a particular Valentine's Day where I was sitting on my bed with my knees pulled up to my chest. Everyone had their their fun and their man and their roses and their, their, you know, chocolate bear. And I was just (laughs) sitting there with this dress with dust on it, like, look at you, you know. (laughs) Like like staring at you from the closet. Yeah, staring at me from the closet. (laughs) And I can't tell you how much fear over the future, Mm. how much worry I had. I remember sitting on my bed and God was so faithful to bring back a verse. That had been a big encouragement to me in my past, but it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And so for me, a huge source of my worry over what was happening Mm -hmm. in my life and fear over the future, so much fear over what was going to happen again. You know, I realized for me, it was stemming from a lack of trust in God. And I realized I just need to trust him for today? Do I really believe that He is directing my path? Do I really believe that He wants what is best for me more than I want what is best for me? Do I really believe that I can serve Him and live for Him fully as a single just as much as I could as a married? Circumstances would be different, but do I really believe that? And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, really in that moment, that Valentine's Day moment, I remember this so clearly with the tears streaming down my face saying, God, I am so fearful, but I know that if I trust you, if I trust that you hold the future, that you care about my future and how I can serve you more than I do, I can wake up tomorrow and and do it all over again. God, I trust you. Direct my steps. Help me to serve you today. Then do the same thing the next day. I didn't have to have all the trust for the next 80 years. All I needed was God to help me and give me strength to trust him for that day. I'm thinking about all the incredible people
1: that have gone through really painful divorces. Yeah. And that was never their plan. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But the worry, like, how am I going to take care of the kids? And what does my yeah. future look like? Or
2: the loss of a child. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That anxiety is real. That worry is real. I mean, Christian, you talk about three miscarriages. I'm guessing the fear and worry about will I ever, mm-hmm. what's the future look like, mm-hmm. gripped you.
3: Yeah. Oh, every day. Having to turn to God over and over again and through the journey of a decade of The diagnosis of unexplained infertility Mm. and then to be able to get pregnant, but then every time to only miscarry and now have this also diagnosis of recurrent miscarriage. Mm. I'm still on the journey. Still have not been able to conceive and um, bear a child and still trusting God for that, holding that with open hands, still hopeful, still praying for that. And did you lay in bed, though, worrying? Oh, yes. Worrying about... What if I do get pregnant again, you know, yeah, terrified of the loss or what if I never do? And and I have a sister who's very close to me, who I'm looking at right now. <laughs> like, and she her? asked me a question forever ago. I, we write about this in our book, Not Part of the Plan, but she, this was way before you had your miscarriages and in your singleness. She said, if God never gives you children... Could you still be happy? Mm. And this is for any of us. If God never gives you blank, right? Right. Fill in the blank. Could you still be happy? And what she was asking was, if God never gives me this very real desire of my heart, could I still find joy and purpose and fulfillment Mm -hmm. in Christ alone? Is God enough? Mm. And I wanted to quickly say, well, of course, God's enough. He's everything. And I think as Christians, that's our quick answer, right? But really, when we have to dig down to it, is God truly enough? And I remember this journey of wrestling with this fear and this anxiety. And is God enough? Is he really enough? But I want this so bad. But God, you say you're enough. God is showing me through the pain that peace isn't the absence of pain, but it's turning to God in the midst Mm -hmm. of our pain. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us has a story of pain, whether something we've gone through, we're walking through, or we're going to walk through. And we can find peace in the midst of it as we turn to God and we see that. And Isaiah 26.3, which became an anchor for me over these Mm -hmm. past few years, as God redirected my story, a twist and turn that was not a part of my plan, which is directing my husband and I to international adoption, Mm. something we never saw coming. But it's Isaiah 26.3, which says, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because mm-hmm. he trusts in you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I memorized mm-hmm. that verse and I would say it every single day as my heart was prone to worry, write the song, we are prone to worry, prone to anxiety, prone to fear. I would remind myself that mm-hmm. I would just say that to myself and say, God, help me to trust you because as I keep my mind on you, as I trust you, that's where peace comes from. And whether my circumstances ever change or not, yeah. whether I can ever have children, um, whether I go through more miscarriages, I don't know, but I know you are going to give me grace for today. And as I set my hope, on you. You will give me peace. Mm-hmm. And I've seen God do that. Mm-hmm. Were there
1: days that you're like, I don't even want to go there. Yeah. Oh, like, for I don't, sure. I don't want to read. I don't want to think about it. I just want to be in the dump. Yeah. You know? Yeah. like I just want Because I've been there like, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i tired, Lord.
2: Yeah. I bet you've prayed that. You just give prayer. me another brownie. <laughs>
3: Oh, trust me, What we have this, um, like, hiding in the back of our closet with our bowl of ice cream and our Cheetos, just, like, trying to drown out yes. our sorrows. I've been there, like, fast the Cheetos, honey. Just open the door and tuck them at me. <laughs> but then but then you've tasted God's goodness when yes. you've gone to him, I'm guessing. Yes, which is a deeper well than any bag of Cheetos could ever provide. And I've turned to those quick fixes more times than I can count. And God has been so patient and gracious, drawing me back to him, saying, perfect peace comes to you as you come to me. Mm-hmm. That's where you find it is found in your relationship with me because at the end of the day, we were created to be most satisfied in God. Our greatest purpose isn't mm-hmm. to get the life we always wanted, but to glorify God and build his kingdom the way he sees mm-hmm. fit for us, right? We want to build. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I want to build your kingdom according to my plans. Yes. And God's saying, no, no, no. You are a vessel for my, the works I've set before you and you'll build my kingdom the way I am calling you to build mm-hmm. it. And it's really that humble surrender of saying, like Mary, like, okay, Lord, let it be done to me. Your will be done, done, not mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: I I found this on your uh, Girl Defined Instagram. Mm
3: -hmm. Oh, look at you.
1: I'm almost almost
2: (laughs) embarrassed to say I just, I went to Girl Defined, you know, it sounds funny for a guy. (laughs) But, I mean, here's a paragraph. I don't know when or which one of you wrote this, but it says the last decade has taught me that joy doesn't come from getting the life mm-hmm. I always imagined, but from trusting God with the life he has for me and mm-hmm. believing that his plans truly are better because they are. I was mm-hmm. going to read that exact quote. What? We're, we're so one right We now. are one. Yes. we we're for each we're other. Nice. But I mean, obviously we've yeah. heard, you know, your story. And so it isn't like an empty Truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody that's had a life that didn't really struggle, you're like, oh, whatever, dude, you don't know. But you know, you've Mm -hmm. gone through and even still. So let me ask you this when you look at your boys now that you've adopted, what do you think about God's plan?
3: Wow. I think, God, you knew this all along, but I had no idea this was coming. Mm -hmm. And a visual that always comes to mind for me is this idea, as humans, it's like we're looking at our life story through a tiny straw. Like imagine if you hold up a straw and you look through it, you can't see much, right? You like look around the room, you can only see a tiny little bit, but God sees our story from the beginning to the end. He sees everything. And so when he says in his word, trust me, we're not trusting a God who's also looking through a straw. We're trusting Mm -hmm. a God who sees everything. He has a good plan for us that may include suffering, that may include Mm -hmm. trials for the purpose of building endurance, drawing us closer to him, allowing our stories to be a place of hope that other Christians can come and even unbelievers and say, wow, look at the hope you have in the midst of that. Tell me more about that. And so we're trusting a God who is sovereign, who holds all things together in his hand. And I had no idea that God had these two precious boys. Mm -hmm. They're 11 and 7 brothers from Ukraine. And through my sister marrying a missionary in Ukraine and moving there, we got connected with the country of Ukraine. And there was a lot of fear, though, in my heart. Talking about fear and anxiety and worry, I was terrified Mm -hmm. of adoption. I had all the biblical answers for why it was good and godly and Christians should do it. But for me, I just Mm -hmm. thought, I've been through so many miscarriages. I've built up my hope only to have it come crashing down. Mm. I don't want to go through that again on the adoption path. And it took God really digging into my heart and exposing the fear and the anxiety about adoption, um, Him exposing that and helping me to see that I was just covered in fear. Mm -hmm. I was not trusting God. I was not open-handed at all. And then walking a journey of surrender and really going to God's word and saying, God, what is your heart for adoption? Mm -hmm. What do you say about this? And then seeing the parallels with the gospel and our adoption as God's children and just the beauty of that and God doing a 180 in my Mm -hmm. heart, a 180 in my husband's heart, and then giving us a desire for adoption that we had never had before, a genuine desire Mm -hmm. and longing, and then walking down that path. And God really helped me to see that his plan for bringing together families can look so many different ways. And he did answer Mm -hmm. my prayer for motherhood. Mm -hmm. Um, And now it's one of the biggest blessings in my life. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Let me ask the two of you, and Kristen, you can start. Who would you be now had you not gone through infertility mm -hmm. and your three miscarriages? Like, Mm -hmm. What what are the things that you've gained as a result of the suffering that you've walked through?
3: I would say I've gained spiritual endurance. Mm-hmm. I have gained a deeper relationship with the Lord as a result because I've walked the valleys of questioning His character and, God, are you really good? And what are you doing? And not necessarily getting answers, but deepening my faith mm-hmm. and trust anchoring my hope in God and who he says he is and believing that from a gut level, you know, not just a theological knowledge of my head, but that transforming my heart. And and now I know there is no true hope outside of the Lord. And I don't think I would have that Mm. deep relationship with God had I not walked through Mm. these valleys. What Mm. about you, Bethany? How are you different? Yeah, you know, I remember a moment where I came face to face with a lot of my like idolatry of what I thought I needed in order to be happy. And I know if I had done things my way, I definitely wouldn't be sitting here. Mm -hmm. I would be married to someone else. I don't know what my life would look like because I was in a very unhealthy, I would say very toxic relationship during this period of desperation, wanting to get married because I had made such an idol out of my dreams and my way. And it took a lot of work from God to help me see what an idol, you know, my desires had become. But I'm so grateful that God, he didn't give up on me. He wasn't like, all right, Bethany's a lost cause, you know, out with her. She's just, you know... She can marry that guy. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I see, wow, God did have a good plan for me. And over the last really 10 years for me, it was 10 years of singleness, 10 years of like, okay, trying to figure out what in the world my life was going to look like. I think that really, one, like learning to trust God in such a deep way has helped me to see like my plans aren't always going to look like his plans. And the man that I did end up marrying 10 years ago, if you would have told me, you're going to end up with this guy, I would have been like, Psh, yeah, right. For one, he's shorter than me. I am one. I need a man <laughs> that is like at least a few inches taller than me. And I would have completely, on that fact alone, would have looked over him and literally. <laughs> that was <laughs> <not early. laughs> I did not mean that. Um, him and I are very open about our height difference. Um, and he's younger than me. And so I, I know I wouldn't be married to him because I had my own, my life was going a certain way. And so just, now, wow! God had someone for me, so specific, and He is the most incredible man. And now we both get to serve God together, and we have our sweet son, Davy Jr. You know, I wouldn't have been doing girl define because I would have demanded mm-hmm. that things go my way. You know, I would have demanded that I have been. You would have to tried to define else. your own life exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy because we don't. You know, this isn't the life. Ultimately, that I always dreamed of and wanted. But I look back and I'm like, this is better than anything yeah. I could have wanted. Even if life never changes, even if I only have my one little Davy Jr. and you know never have a healthy pregnancy again for me, or you know whatever it is, I know that God is trustworthy. I've seen it for myself. I've seen Him be faithful. And it, genuinely, truthfully, I have so much gratitude and joy in my heart because of the trials. And so I think it's so important through the hardship. As difficult as both Anne, you, and Kristen described, like, take that one step, cry out to God, ask Him, because one day, if you do that, you'll look back and you'll say, God, I thank you for taking me through that. As terrible and awful, as difficult as that was, I'm actually grateful because it drew me closer to you. And my life is so much richer and deeper. And, you know, the Bible says that at God's hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And it's not the earthly pleasures, it's that deep satisfaction of knowing him and knowing one day we're going to spend forever with him. And it's just a taste of that sometimes when we go through those hardships. And so for me, I'm I'm actually very grateful for what God has brought me through and grateful for my husband, even, you know, the one or two inches shorter and in all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, husband, if you're listening. Today. Yeah,
2: David, if you're listening, I'm shorter too. So <laughs> a lot of us are. You know, one of the things that inspires me listening to you two is, I think one of the things that anxiety, especially fear, can do in a person's life is it paralyzes us. We're Mm -hmm. afraid to risk because we've risked and it didn't work or we had hopes and then it got dashed, as you've said. And so you just sort of get you get safe.
1: You guard your heart and
2: you just you just I'm not going to. Take a risk and even adopting I mm-hmm. mean, that's a risk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's like God, I'm gonna step out again and I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Way to go. I'm just thinking mm-hmm. of a listener's like living this safe, protected life, which I get it, I understand. Mm-hmm. God wants you to risk. Yeah. He wants you to say, Trust me and mm-hmm. you know what? It may not go the way you yeah, even exactly. want, but <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, Okay, you two are remarkable women. What did your parents do? Mm-hmm. What would you say to, yeah. there's so many parents listening, it's like, man, I hope my son, my daughter is walking with Jesus one day. We wrote a parenting book about yeah. that hope. You know, I don't know your parents. I've never yeah. met them. I'm thinking, man, they must have done something pretty I incredible.
1: Think two things that you think, I'm really yeah. glad they did this. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I'm sure they wanted to give up over the years. Chris and
1: I weren't always. <laughs> so
2: we have a
3: long way to go, but we were, we were not. We started best. out by sneaking out in the middle of the night and eating all the ice cream in the freezer and then lying about it the next morning. We did that for many months. Yeah. We <laughs> but I will say that's
2: was- not too big of a sin. You know, <laughs> right, <I'm> thinking, right. <laughs> there's other kids snuck out and did things. True. That yes. would be me. Yes. But they were it little. was worse than ice cream. <laughs> we we anyway. were little five,
3: six, seven. Yeah. But yeah. watching, you know, watching our parents faithfulness uh, as imperfect as, you know, they would say it was mm. there are eight of us kids and there was a ninth and he only lived for eight hours and it was full term. And we didn't find out until, you know, my parents didn't find out until he was basically about to be born that there were life altering circumstances and he wasn't going to make it. And that was a really defining moment. I know for me of watching my parents go through literally holding their baby, having to bury him. Mm -hmm. It was such a horrible experience, but they didn't get bitter at God. And they literally, Mm -hmm. with all of us kids, we were younger at that time. They literally were the ones who were telling us, like, God is still good. He is still faithful. We don't understand why he gave us this last baby and that was the last one and took him home to be with Jesus, but we know that he's good and he has a bigger purpose. And so then through their own suffering, not pulling apart, but ultimately pulling us all together was such a defining moment. And I don't even think they realize Hmm. how much of an impact they made, just their faithfulness, not something specific they said, but them just striving to god's goodness and to point us to him through their grief mm-hmm. made a massive impact on me and that's that's been really yeah. defining for so me. so they let you guys see it
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah
3: they didn't hide it no
1: it's really I mean, it's amazing helped. because it's really kind of what yeah. your book's
3: about yeah. yeah our parents also really emphasized our relationship over rules and I know, and now being a parent myself, I find myself like, okay, I'm I'm the black and white lady, like, all right, kids, here's the boundaries and the rules that we're going to this, 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 and focus on behavior, right? And they had their rules and boundaries, yeah. of course, but they were very focused on the relationship. And so they would allow us to ask questions, okay, well, why, especially when we hit the teenagers. but dad, you know, why? And they would explain like, honey, here's why we think this is best. Yeah. Here's why we're doing this because we love you. You don't like it, but here's why we think this is the better path for you and why we're putting up these boundaries and these guardrails. And I just remember as I grew into adulthood, always feeling like I could go to my parents and talk to them about anything because I knew the relationship was Mm -hmm. more important to them than just us following the rules, just doing the right thing. And so I think for any parent listening, that's a huge thing is to continue to invest in that relationship, Mm -hmm. get to know your child, get to know their heart. Because in the long run, I know for me that really has continued into my adulthood to keep me connected to my parents because I feel like, wow, I have a Genuine relationship
2: mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I would just as I listen to you, I think, okay, it's girl defined, but your motto is boy defined as well. It's all of us defined <laughs> yeah. by it. our our designer defines us. Way to go! Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of men listen and women listen. If we live that out, and you say many times in your book, not part of the plan, that you got to know the heart of the creator to yeah. be able yeah. to trust him. It's like, man, get to know. Yeah the designer jesus that's his name mm-hmm. and when you know his name and know his heart y- you can trust him
3: yeah the and more you hard. know him the more you know yourself yeah
2: exactly you because yeah. you
3: become defined by who he says you are there and you can go. only learn that by getting to know him
2: see i tried to say it and there was <laughs> can't say it better than that, that.
3: good thanks
0: We want to thank David and Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as Power to Change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you have more questions on how to develop healthy marriages, how to be a better parent, how to make romance and sex work well, or how to grow spiritually? Check out some articles that will help challenge you to move forward well at our website. Go to families.powertochange.org.au for more information. Until tomorrow at the same time, God's richest blessings on your family.